Take that. Psalm 11, verse 1 tonight. Let's look at verses 1 through 3 of Psalm uh, 11. Psalm 11, verse 1, if you have your Bibles tonight. There is some Bibles in the pew. You're welcome to borrow those and uh, avail yourself of that. Psalm 11, verse uh, 1 through 3. An unhealthy preoccupation with whether something will work or not is absolutely killing American Christianity, is driving us away from obedience and into the false arms of the glory of our own wisdom. End quotes David Brennan. And uh, <clears throat> Brennan, I don't know his first name, but a Brennan's penny writer. And, and so what we're seeing today is that because something is re- producing pragmatic results, pragmatism, again, as I had mentioned this morning, pragmatism is the idea that it doesn't matter how I get the crowds as long as I get the crowds. Well, if you're going to, again, as I gave the illustration this morning, if you're going to cheat on a test to get an A, or whatever the high grade is, the A is good, but how you got there is not good. Pragmatism is not a good way to, to go about life. Just because you get results, it doesn't mean you got the results by an honest and ethical way. And so as you think on these very things, but establishing our foundation, the foundation needs to be, I want to do it God's way. As you think on these very truths again tonight, Psalm 11, verses 1 through 3, I trust you found your place there in the Bible tonight. Psalm 11, 1, In the Lord put I my trust, how say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain, for lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string. They may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now we understand something, that God builds his church and he has a long track record of using the Bible. He uses the Bible exclusively that generally works. The Bible is our answer book. He promised to build His church if we will do it His way. Matthew 16, 18. And now, it is true that if our foundation is not settled... Now, what is our foundation? Our foundation as a Christian, as was discussed, is our faith. Now, Faith is what you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Exclusive faith in Jesus Christ to the exclusion of all else. You can't believe in Jesus and something else. It's not Jesus and. It's not Jesus uh, uh, minus anything. It's only Jesus that you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're going to get to heaven, you have to do it God's way, the Bible way. And this evening we're going to be looking at our very foundation If you are a Christian, then faith is your foundation. Now, the question to ask yourself is faith in whom? Now, I mentioned this in Psalm, excuse me, in Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, by faith, you're accepting that God promised, as he says in his word, that God will forgive you of all your sins. All of them. So when you stand before God someday, he looks at your record, he says, there is no record, it's clear, it's clean. You're forgiven. You, when you accept Christ, you take what God says in this book at what God says is true. That your faith, not only that, you also take the fact that your faith in Christ uh, will spare you from God's wrath, which will ultimately send all those who refuse Jesus Christ as their Savior 
to a place the Bible calls hell. If you don't accept Christ, the Bible the place of judgment is hell. Now, God is not willing that any should perish. God wants all to be saved. So when I place my faith in Christ, there is the hope I'm forgiven. There is the trust, complete trust, that what this book says is absolutely true. I'm basing my entire eternity upon this book. Now, if your faith is not settled in the one who holds eternity, I tell you now, you're going to be violently tossed about. James 1, 6, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. There's individuals, they're, they're picking a little bit of this, and a little bit of this, and a little bit of this, and all these various faiths and, and beliefs. And they're always like, which one is true? Jesus is the only one whose founder is still alive. He's the only one that came back from the grave of his own power. You see, your, all of Christianity rests upon what happened at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 very clearly tells that. So may you make Christ your foundation and the Bible your guide to life and a deeper walk in relationship with him tonight. My friend, if faith is not settled... You're going to be all over the place wondering, where can I find peace? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this evening. Lord, I need your help. And Lord, I pray for the power of God upon tonight's service. God, it's your, it's your, your church, your people. You love them. And Father, I thank you for the grace you've bestowed upon us. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here tonight that does not know Jesus as their Savior, that, Father, tonight they'd ask you to forgive them of all their sins, trusting only in Jesus and be gloriously saved. Our Father, for those of us as Christians, may we settle our faith, not only what happened at salvation, but in every day of life. And, Father, I thank you for the goodness you've bestowed upon us. I love you so much. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. I'd like you to look with me just to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. It's really been something the Lord has placed so heavy upon my heart. I've been studying this and thinking about this. The foundation's been on my heart for a while. And having January as a month to really study and look at foundations. And we'll probably have some more throughout the year. But Christian... This is, the, the, this is the, the, the crux of the matter. This is the very thing in your life of your faith. Number one, have you settled your faith in Christ? Because if a foundation is unsettled, the house will crack and eventually fall apart. You will eventually fall apart in your life if your foundation is not solid. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We find here the foundation of God standeth sure. Now I want you to take this tonight and in your mind. God's way is best. God's way is best. He is the foundation. Now, 
I have a choice. Do I want to listen to his way or do I want to do it my way? Those are the choices that you have tonight. These are the choices that you have in life. And this very idea, the foundation is a base, uh, the, like the, the, the foundation of our church. Now, I'm not going to rest my eternity upon the foundation of this church. We know here in Thompson, a lot of foundations are moving. I mean, I, I've got my sidewalk outside my house or the little walkway or whatever you call it with some bricks and whoever decided to put that there. That thing is moving up and down and all over the place. There is a lot of frost heaves and all sorts of things going on here in Thompson. The foundation is moving. Now, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing... We also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The Christian life is a, is a run of patience. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Your faith starts with Jesus, it finishes with Jesus, and everything in between. Now I want to ask you, in the footprint of faith, we're going to talk about this where we picked up uh, from this morning, but on this idea of moving forward, how do I evidence a Christian life of faith? How do I evidence that I have an actual faith in God? How do I deal with life? And I want to talk about those things tonight because so oftentimes we think for many believers or many professing believers, I've accepted Jesus, I have faith. But faith must have action with it. Now, if you are in a hospital and you're sitting in bed for a while, let's say months, you're in bed. Your muscles will atrophy. Your muscles will get smaller where they will no longer have the strength that they used to have because you're not using them. Now, let's look at me at Hebrews chapter 11. Your entire Christian life is all of faith. All of faith. You have to just trust what God says. Now, you have a choice in your trust of God. Many people say, I trust God, but then when circumstances of life occur, I try to fix the problem myself, and I'm very guilty of that. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When you come to Jesus for salvation, you have to believe with all of your heart that Jesus is who he said he is through the word of God. You have, that, is, that has to be settled. Not only that, I have to believe that God is who He said He is. He is the Almighty, the Creator, the God of my Father, and He wants a relationship with me and you. So there is no pleasing to God apart from faith. Now, we understand several things here. <clears throat> Verses 3 through 5. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. The faith of Abel was a realization that I had to do. Now you go back to Genesis chapter 4 and Cain and Abel. 
Abel understood that God wanted a sacrifice uh, unto himself without, and we learn from Leviticus that without the shedding of blood, there is no, the scriptures say remission, but there is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. Jesus had to die for my guilty life and your guilty life. He had to exchange an innocent life for a guilty life. I'm the guilty party and so are you. So there is no, so that very, going back to the garden, now going forth from here. <clears throat> by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Abel had a testimony that he lived by faith. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. Now Enoch went into heaven, and uh, much like a rapture, before, before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, we understand several things. Faith has expectations and a confident assurance of the promises fulfilled because of a settled belief in the one promising. Let me kind of shorten that, what I just said there. Faith has an expectation because of who's saying it. Now, if I was to tell you I was going to give you a new car, you'd say, woohoo! What if I told you to be a matchbox car? You're thinking, oh, great, thanks. No good, right? But if I was to tell you, you know, if, if, again, if someone was to say, I'm going to buy you a drivable vehicle, brand new, off the lot, you pick anyone you want. Now, most, and I'll pay cash for it. There's no way I could do that. I could say it all day long, but there's no way. It's definitely impossible for me to do. I don't have the means to do that. But if God makes that, if someone else makes that promise, say someone's a millionaire or a billionaire, they make that promise, they have the financial means to fulfill what they say. God has the means to fulfill all that he has said. It is, an, it is my responsibility to just believe what he says. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Sarah was 90 years old when she had a child. 90. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She believed God. God said in a year when I come back, you're going to have a child. At 90 years old of age, she had a child at 90 and Abraham was a hundred. Then we look, <clears throat> therefore sprang, verse 12, therefore sprang there even of one in him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. What is the story here, verses 13 through 15? Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees because God said leave. He didn't know exactly where he was going. He just left. I want to ask you today, if God asks you to do something, are you going to follow him? 
If God says, I want you to do this, the word of God, it's not in any contradiction with the word of God. God called Abraham, I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees. I'm going to lead you to a land. I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to make your seed. I'm going to make your, your inheritance, your, your children above all. I mean, it's going to be innumerable. Would you have left? Verse 16, but now they desire a better country that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Abraham ultimately understood, I'm just a stranger and a pilgrim on this earth. My true citizenship is in heaven. And here's another truth, verse 24, in the same passage of Scripture, Hebrews 11. Faith is willing to forego personal comforts and be obedient in confident assurance of achieving the promises given. Let's think about this. Verse 24 of Hebrews 11. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect to the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. What happened here? We're going to go on here in just a moment, but just think about this. Moses had all the access to all the money, all the comforts of life. He chose to leave Egypt to go to where God called him to, to a bunch of whining, complaining, murmuring, unthankful people. And he went. Now, he didn't necessarily know they were going to be that way at first. But he followed the truth of what God gave him. Faith is in you just know what God has called you to do, and you do it because of the one who's telling you to do it. Moving forward here, verse 28, Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Understand with me now, they would have never seen the Red Sea. They would have never seen the manna. They would have never seen all of this had they, by faith, not killed the Passover lamb. They would have never left Egypt. Faith is doing what God calls you to do day in and day out. You don't, it's, and this is the problem in our lives. Well, you say, if God called me to do something great, I'm right there. What if God calls us to do something that's very minimal or menial from what others would think? It's just something so small. What if God called me to do that? Am I okay to be there just to know that I'm in God's will? Can I do something small or big if God calls me to do it? So oftentimes we get this idea of, I want to do something great, but it's always great if I'm doing what God calls me to do. And your perception of your faith 
Your faith in Christ ought to be absolute. Habakkuk 2.4 Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. We as Christians have been called to live by faith. Now we here in the Western world, we have a lot of money and a lot of, you say, I don't have a lot of money, but we have a lot of niceties that other parts of the world don't. I think we can all attest to that. Yes, we have some comforts here that are not in other places of the world. The just shall live by faith. And so oftentimes here in the Western world, we get our creature comforts and we forget that the very comforts I have are ultimately a gift from God. You say, but I paid for them. God gave you the hell. God gave you the job. God gave you the mental and, 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 and you know, uh, brain, your cognitive ability to think through to do the job that you do. Your faith in Christ ought to be absolute. I'm going to do all that he calls me to do. Your faith is evidenced in your seeking of God's wisdom for all of life. It's not just when I'm at the bottom of the barrel that I'm seeking God's wisdom. It's when I'm up on the mountaintop and things are going well I'm seeking his wisdom. Day in and day out, moment by moment and hour by hour and second by second, and all you do. You know, in James 1.22, the Bible tells us, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Faith must be exercise. I'd like you to look with me at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, a very familiar passage of Scripture. And this is the problem that Israel would so often have in their lives. I'm going through the book of Jeremiah now, a portion of my devotions. And um, as I'm in that, I'm just astounded that there in Jeremiah, the people continue uh, in the good times. They go to idolatry. They totally refuse the instruction of God. They totally refuse to do what is right. They say, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it God's way. And so as a result, they would go into bondage. They would go into captivity. And some of them would even lose their lives. Their faith was only as good as what they could see. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I'm telling you, Christian, I come with every aspect of life. Ask, and I'm trusting him. I'm trusting him. You see, a baby child, when it's born into this world, is in complete trust of its parent for its survival. And God has called us, he says, with all thine heart. He doesn't say with all your mind. All your heart. It is all your thoughts, your emotions, everything is in a complete dependence upon him. I'm not saying a man, upon Christ. The foundation of your life and all the adversity you may go through, you ought to continually resort and retreat, or I would say abide even better, in Lord, how do I deal with this? What do I do? 
I want you to understand this. In Proverbs 25, 28, your faith, or lack thereof, will impact your spirit, your attitude. In Proverbs 25, 28, the Bible tells us, Verse 28 of Proverbs 25, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. That's there in Proverbs 25, 28. The fact is, you have no control of your spirit because your spirit is not submitted and yielded to God. And you're going crazy. I'm not literally crazy, but your life is just... No rule over your spirit is like a city broken down without walls. You see, trials will test your faith. Look, look, let's look with me at James chapter 1, verse 13. Christians ought to be the people that say, I know my God can. And we many times say that, and yet we resort to our own wisdom of dealing with situations. James chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible tells us. James 1, 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You begin to go according to what feels good I want you to understand, when you go according to what feels good or it just feels right, but it's in contradiction with the Word of God, you are saying, I am a better determination of my future than the God who knows the future. Because I'm not seeking God in prayer. I'm not seeking God's instruction and guidance through the Word of God. I'm seeking it in my own wisdom. And There will come a point where your wisdom And your strength ceases, and you're out of answers. One of the things that we find, that there is a protection in faith. I want to go through several of these. I want to go down memory lane of faith in the Bible. And look at some believers like you and I here. And these believers have accomplished great things. In our very verse for this year, which our, our, our theme for 2023 was no restraint for God. No retreat from thee. Look with me at 1 Samuel 14, verses 6 and 7. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. First Samuel chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. I want to ask you, as we think on this, would you have the faith of the armor bearer? 
verse 6 of 1 Samuel 14. So the situation here is Saul and all of his men, 600 men, thereabouts, and they are there against the Philistines on the other side of the valley. The valley goes there, and they're on the other side of the Philistines. And, and Jonathan, he's like, why are we just cowering in fear and not moving forward? We're not doing anything. I mean, we're just like, oh, you know, and we just sit there day in and day out with all the fear and all the worry and all the anxiety. It just continues to cripple us. And we're saying, there's a big enemy. I can't go forward. I don't know what to do. There's all these things. And God, God's saying, listen, I've given you the solution. And Jonathan said, there is a God. There is, a th there is one whom I can trust. And if God is for us, we're going to move forward. If God's already given us the victory, let's go get it. Let's stop cowering in fear. Let's move forward for the Lord. 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. Jonathan, Jonathan, this is Saul's son. It's not the king that's going forward in faith. It's his son. And Jonathan said to the young man that bear his armor, Come, let us go over into the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Here's two men against highly trained Philistine army. In verse 7, his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. I want to ask you today, is your heart the heart of the armor bearer? Do all that is in thine heart. God says, move forward. You said, but God, there's, there's some adversaries. There's some, there's some things that are against me. There's some and there's an army, there's people that they, they might get angry, there's people that might be against us, or whatever the case may be. I can't do this. God's not asking if you can. He said, I've already given you the victory. Move in faith. Because faith isn't your foundation. You said, yes, it is. I've accepted Christ. No, it's not because you're not living by faith day by day. You're not asking God, how do I deal with this situation? What does this book tell me? How do I deal with what I'm dealing with? How do I find the strength to carry on when I don't have the strength to carry on? Look with me at Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Matthew 10, 37. Matthew 10, 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. In our faith, Jesus is saying, will you just follow me? We're so, if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, we're excited to run forward. 
we're excited to do things for God. And it's, we're excited to do something when God says, do something great, and you're like, woohoo! But then, then you hit the low points. And you said, I'm done with God. Or maybe you hit the low points, I'm done with church. I'm done with this. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm giving up. I'm no longer doing this. God says, you got to love me first. And if your faith is settled, settled that God is good in the good times, He is still God. He's still given the promises. He's still the one in charge. In the good times and the bad times, God, I'm just going to trust you. Do you realize this, that God would keep David from Saul? We find another situation of Hezekiah. As he would, uh, Hezekiah was there, and here's Rabshakeh and the Assyrians, and they're coming against him. We're going to destroy you like every other nation whom we've destroyed. All their gods, all their idols could do nothing for them. Uh, we're going to destroy you. Don't listen to Hezekiah. And they would speak to the people in the Hebrew language, and the people were like, <laughs> you know, what did Hezekiah do? He got, as we find here in the scriptures, in 2 Kings 19. It tells us, Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. He takes the scriptures and Hezekiah prayed. He just says, God, we're out of answers. We need you to step in. You see, faith is not, faith starts, Jesus is the author and finisher of faith. It starts at salvation. But I need to trust God and get his word and his instructions every day, moment by moment. He's in charge. Life's a whole lot harder if, I, if I'm, my foundation is shaky because I haven't settled. If God says it, it's true, and I'll follow it. Nehemiah and the people were frightened. Lies were spoken about them. And they would even say, let us go meet in the house of the temple. And Nehemiah knew he wasn't supposed to go there because they were going to kill him. God had already given him warning. Look with me at Jeremiah 26. Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 11. My friend, man, when that foundation is settled, not just in the start, but every day, that God is in control, that God knows what he's doing, you know what? I can rest easy because he's in control. And there might be times your heart is fretting and your heart, and we all get like that at times. None of us, none of us are without that fear and that fretting of times. But I'm saying we have to settle in our minds as Christians and get to the place every day, what does God want us to do? How do I conduct my life for Christ? Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 11 Faith will keep you preaching and serving, even though you may have the death threats of men. Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 11. Then spake the priests and the prophets unto the princes and to all the people, saying, This man is worthy to die, for he hath prophesied against this city, as ye have heard with your ears. Verse 12 of Jeremiah 26. Then spake Jeremiah unto all the princes and to all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the words that ye have heard. Therefore now amend your ways and your doings, and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will repent him.
him of the evil that he hath pronounced against you. As for me, behold, I am in your hand. Do with me as seemeth good and meet unto you. Here's this truth. Jeremiah says, you can do with my body however you want. Verse 15, he'll say, listen, if you kill me, you're bringing innocent blood upon you. But he says, you can do with me as you want. Know this, that God's for me, and I'm preaching God's word. So if you kill me, you're going to have some real problems. I want to ask you tonight, is your life in God's hands? Can you say that I will do what God calls me to do? If it's uncomfortable, I don't want to do it, I'm going to do it God's way. And I'm not talking about just following a man. I'm not talking about taking your brain out like, you know, some of these cults and these, you know, some of the, I'm not talking that. You're saying by the spirit of God that dwells within you, if you're a Christian, by the word of God that leads us and guides us on a daily basis, your daily manna. When I go to work, how do I interact? When I, when I do this, and, or if I'm there at home, or if I'm there at church, or if I'm there in the grocery store, wherever I'm at, is it my faith that's the foundation? And, and when something comes against me, because really where your faith is actually shown is when you're in a hard time. You don't learn how good your faith, or how strong your faith is until you're tested. And then you're like, oh, I didn't really fail, I didn't really pass that test. I have some more learning to do. You think about the three Hebrew boys there in the uh, fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You think about Daniel in the lion's den who said, I'm not going to quit praying. I'm going to keep doing. And you know what we must be doing? We must be doing the Father's will even if it might be my own life. Peter would profess Christ in a hostile crowd. The apostles were undeterred from preaching Christ when the mobs and religious rulers were against them. There was threatenings. The Bible tells us here in James chapter 2, verse 1. I'm not going to be able to finish my sermon tonight, but Christian, this idea of the Christian life, the vibrant Christian life, it has to be faith. Faith in whom? It's not faith in me, it's not faith in another preacher. It's faith in Christ, in the Word of God. I'm just going to trust Him. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm in a real bind. I don't know what to do. He'll say, good, that's great. That's, that's a starting place. That's where you come. That's where you start your strength. Because this has the answers. And it's proven true. Thousands of years. Still transforming lives at salvation, and all throughout life. James chapter 2, verse 1, and I'll conclude here. Actually, I've got one more point. I'll finish it up. I'll be here in time. Get to my next major point. James 2, 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. There's a protection to do good unto all men. My brethren, have not the faith. We have our faith in Christ to do Him glory and to make Christ look good. There's a little saying here. I, I appreciated this statement that was made. 
and leadership ministries worldwide, it was stated, we must face our problems with faith. God does not want us to go around them, but through them. He promises the grace and strength to persevere through them, through your trials. When we come through the fires of affliction, we will be like precious gold, tempered, strengthened, and purified of the fleshly urges that hinder us from greater service to him. You know what? You'll all, you will learn of all God's instructions one day. The Bible says, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. God's not saying you have the strength. And I'm not saying, <clears throat> God will give you the direction he wants you to go. And he makes it clear. God, there's times I, I know, I was thinking, man, God must be calling here. Certain things have gone this way and this way, and I went that way. And man, it was like that opportunity slammed, like a big old door slammed me in the face. And I was like, what happened? And I'm like, ah, uh, I thought that's the way you wanted me to go. You know, when I left, minist- when I left uh, college and there and training for the ministry, uh, I wouldn't be here today. There was a direction I was looking to go, and I wouldn't be here today if I would have gone the other direction. It was a painful experience. But I had to understand that God's way is still the best way. You know, when you live by faith, 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. All you need to do is make sure you are doing what God's called you to do. You don't need to live in fear. You don't need to live in anxiety and worry. Your faith will be tested. Yes, it will. To produce a genuine, I mean, that your faith will be seen, that is a real Christian. You'll face infirmity. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Look with me here. The Christian life isn't without troubles. But if you don't know Christ, you're going to have troubles. We look on the streets all around us in our community. There's a lot of troubles and infirmities and trouble and, and, and problems that people have. And they don't have answers. They don't have a guidebook that's perfect. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 The Apostle Paul, as he's suffering from some severe physical abilities, disabilities, he says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto thee, said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Apostle Paul says, you know what? I'm just going to trust God that he knows what he's doing, and I've got some real health problems, but I'm just going to trust him. He says, it's okay that I have these problems right now. He's he's not going to heal it, but he's going to give me the strength through it that I'll continue to do the ministry that I've been called to do. Last verse, and I'm done. James chapter 1, verse 2. If there's anybody that ought to be seen as an adherent of the book, it ought to be those of us who profess the name of Christ. It's not what so-and-so said, it's what this book said. It's not what Doctor so-and-so, it doesn't matter the degree they hold. There was a a lot of doctors and other very well-educated individuals in Paul's time. And the degree doesn't mean they legitimately have a faith in God. 
even if they talk about God. Because there was a lot of Pharisees, lots of degrees, and yet God would see fit to use some fishermen, tax collectors. He would use some women of ill repute. And yet God would do great things. It says with his disciples, turn the world upside down. Because the ability doesn't rest in the man, it rests in the faith of the God that the man trusts and follows. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Knowing, excuse me, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In the very trials I go through, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to grow my faith. Thank you for the opportunity to know you better. I would have never known the sweetness of God had I not gone through some of the trials I've had to go through. I would have never known how good God is and the sweetness of a fellowship with Him had I not had to go through some of the deep valleys I've had to go through, and nor would you. I want to tell you, the strength forward in faith is the Christian mission. Forward in faith. I want to ask you tonight, if you'll settle it as we come to the invitation period. Number one, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Is there ever a time in your life you've been born again, you ask Christ, forgive me of all my sins, you recognize, you're, if you were standing in God's courtroom, he would say, you're guilty, and you'd say, I know, Lord, I am guilty. And then you would you accept that gift of Jesus as we just celebrated Christmas, the gift of Jesus, Lord, forgive me, and I accept the gift of Jesus by faith alone, not in my good works or baptism or anything else, by faith alone. I ask God to forgive me. It's a gift. He says, you don't pay for it. You can't do anything for it. You simply receive it by faith. And when you do that, the Bible says you're born again, a blood-bought child of God, free. And Christian, that hope that I don't face justice of God, that hope that I have a reconciled relationship to God ought to be every day. Lord, help me with what I'm going through to know what to do. And when you tell me and you give me clear guidance, I'll follow. Oh my, friend, it's life transforming when I simply just say, God, I'll live by faith. With heads bowed and eyes closed this evening, I want to challenge you. Number one, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Number two, if you say, Pastor, I know, I can give you a Bible reason. I know I'm a child of God. I want to ask you, when you're, how you're dealing with life, is it you come to the book and you come to God in prayer and you say, I need instruction and I'll follow you. Or, I'm going to do it my way. I'll find a solution. I'll do it this way. If that's the case in your life. I'd encourage you now with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you'd like to come up front and pray up here, you're welcome to. If you want to pray in your seat, you're welcome to do that as well. A time of quietness, no music playing this evening. And this time of quietness is between you and the Spirit of God to just pray and talk with Him. Are you living your life in faith? Is God's Word the authority 
for how you deal with your life. And if it's not, and God's saying, hey, there's some problems here and here and here, you just say, Lord, forgive me. I am so sorry. He'll forgive you. And then when you ask for forgiveness, you say, Lord, I'm willing to do what you've called me to do. And we'll all fall and bump and scrapes and all those along the way. Get back up. Get back to the book. Stay in faith. Settle that foundation. God's word is my authority. When you're done praying with heads bowed and eyes closed, look up. And I'll conclude us in a word of prayer this evening.